0: so to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from thirty dollars a month to just fifteen dollars a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com/slash switch. Forty five dollars front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promoting for new customers for limited time. Unlimited, more than forty gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com.
1: These aren't the stories your mother told you. No, these are the other stories. <laughs> <laughs> I'm delighted to introduce you to our new Studio Sessions. When we first started Hawk & Cleaver we didn't really know what to call it. It wasn't a publishing company, not in the way that other publishing companies are, and it wasn't just a podcast production company, because we always wanted to do more than that. We decided to call it a Digital Story Studio, a place where people based all over the world could connect and create together in a digital space. Well now we're opening up our digital story studio for something we are calling studio sessions. Every Thursday we're hosting Zoom writing sprints where a bunch of us creatives jump on a Zoom call, say hello and then get to work. Honestly, speaking for myself, I don't know why this helps so much but every time we jump on a studio session I get so many words written. I get so much stuff that I'm really happy with. So if you want to join in, Firstly, it's for patrons only, so head over to patreon.com forward slash hawk and cleaver and pledge at the hawk level, and then jump into the Discord server. Once again, become a patron and then join us in Discord, and you'll be able to join us for one of the studio sessions. Today's episode is The Hand That Feeds, written by KJ Shepherd and narrated by Josh Curran.
0: It's the oddest little plant I've ever seen, like a tiny, flesh-coloured wad of roots and pulp. It's so ugly. Steph immediately hates it, but I'm drawn ever closer to it. What even is that? Steph asks as she sees the object of my attention. I have no idea, but this is what I want. There's something grotesque and beautiful about it. You're not putting that in the living room. We're supposed to be shopping for things to make our home home homier. "'We can still, but I want to see what this thing will blossom into.' I grab it, and nestle it gently into the front of the basket, next to a bag of jasmine rice to provide a cushion against the jostling. It's no bigger than the palm of my hand, plastic pot included. That's when I notice the tag on it is rubbed off. We take it to the checkout counter in the garden, where a plump, middle-aged lady is too busy texting to notice us. "'Uh, excuse me,' I say. Do you have any idea what kind of plant this is? She looks up at me, features contorting as if she's trying to decipher what I've said. She looks down at the plant, narrowed eyes peering through smudged glasses. While I'm perplexed by her squinting through that which is supposed to enable her to see better, I restrain myself from bringing it up. Steph, noticing my irritation, squeezes my hand. I smile at her. She's my centre. "'The sticker appears to have come off,' the clerk says. "'Yes, I know. Um, I was wondering if you knew about it, or could point me to an expert in this department?' "'Well, I could look it up, but the tag is scraped off. Were there any more on the shelf?' she asks. "'That she thought us dense enough to not have thought of this made this conversation even more tedious.' Steph squeezes again. "'There were no others.' Steph says. The clerk's phone dinged and she looked down at it. For a moment, I thought she'd forgotten about us standing there, awaiting her response. I'm so sorry, but Craig is off today. He'd know about it. If you'd like, we can keep it behind the counter here for you. He'll be back tomorrow. At this point, I was over it, and Steph knew. She always knows. I couldn't even ring it up if I wanted to, since the sticker is gone, I apologise for any inconvenience." We give terse nods and tight smiles, and make for the exit of the garden area. On our way out, I drop the ugly thing back into its dark little corner, to be forgotten and neglected. In my hurry to get out of there, Steph falls behind. She catches up to me, slinging her purse over her shoulder. Look what I found, Steph says, leaning in and kissing the top of my head. Her arms come around and place a pot on the desk before me. A pulpy, ugly little plant. A bit of dirt from the pot spills out onto my work desk. My mouth is hanging open. But we put him back. Correction, you put him back, and then I un-put him back. You sly devil, I sighed. I pivot in my chair and kiss her tightly. And that's not all I found, Steph says into my ear. It makes the tiny hairs on the back of my neck erect. It was the way she said it. My mind stumbles over the possible replies, but before I can settle on anything, she pulls another small pot from behind her, where she'd been concealing it. The naughty thoughts fade from my mind when I realize what it is. is—the pot had a thin strip of white plastic poking out from the soil. The small screen on the plastic showed two parallel lines. Are you serious? I ask. She nods empathetically, grinning from ear to ear. I embrace her, tears threatening my composure. It looks like you'll have another ugly little thing to care for soon, my love. I laugh and begin to shake as the tears start to flow. Later that evening, I'm sitting in the bathroom amid a pile of potting soil, potsherds and peat moss. I choose the right size and container for him, a small red ceramic one. I line the pot with fresh soil, feeling the dirt in my hands, getting under my fingernails. But it's that tactile connection to plants that pulls me in, draws me into them, makes me want to nurture them. I would argue that touch and love are just as important as fertilizer and water for them. Not enough people realise that. They are living things, after all. My avocado plant watches approvingly from its tall pot next to me. Its massive leaves shading my work area from the sunlight, cascading in from the nearby window. It's the biggest plant I've got and my most prized possession. She's been with me for three years. Ungloved, I gently but firmly wiggle the small mass back and forth until i feel it loosen the roots separating from the old used up soil i drop him gingerly into his new home and begin to pile up the nourishing soil around him i'm patting it all down when a shard of pain lances into my fingertip yelping i instinctively put my finger in my mouth i take it out and shake it realizing that dirty hands aren't the best thing to be putting in my mouth upon taking a closer look A tiny pinprick hole oozes red. Task complete. I place my new plant in the sill, where he'll get the most light and warmth before splashing some water onto him. It's getting dark outside, so I switch on the heat lamp for him and close the door. Steph is already in bed and waiting for me. I don't keep her waiting. My arm begs to be moved. The throbbing sensation from loss of circulating blood shreds my nerves to their core, and the hole in my finger pulses with my heartbeat. Steph is oblivious, always able to fall asleep on a whim. Presently, her head rests at the intersection of my bicep and shoulder, just at the right spot to cause discomfort. I'm typically able to fight off this urge to move, since I love being this close to her, wrapped up in her as much as physically possible. I love her scent, her tender warmth, a sense of peace at feeling her next to me, even if we're not touching. But tonight, my arm has reached its limit. But then, just now, a breathing sound reaches my ears. I freeze. It's dark in here. The TV LED indicating power is the brightest light source I see, followed by the warm red glow of heat lamps seeping from underneath the bathroom door. Steph said the earthly aromas of my garden stunk and insisted I keep the door shut at night. Breath hovering between inhaling and exhaling, I crane my head up off the pillow as much as I'm able to without waking her. There it is again. A faint whisper of air. Definitely inhalation. Is it Steph? My hand finds the warm flesh of her side where I can feel her breathing. Her skin pushes up against my hand. I nudge my head closer to her mouth. Soft and steady, her breath comes in and back out. Not sounding at all like what I'd heard. In between her breaths, I hear the foreign sound again. (sighs) The blood in my veins turns icy, goose flesh rippling across my body, and, for all of Steph's warmth, I grow rigid with cold. My inner child insists that if I'm silent enough, it won't find me. I shake Steph, but she won't waken, though I do succeed in making her roll away from me, freeing my right arm. Sensation comes rushing back, and with it, terror. Terror now at seeing my bathroom door ajar, knowing full well I closed it, I always close it at night. Terror at seeing the soil on the ground leading to the edge of the bed. Terror at seeing what was on my right hand. I both see and feel it at the same time. A fleshy, bulbous growth heaves and sucks on my skin. I see blood trickling from where its mouth has burrowed into my flesh. Five way-too-human-looking legs kick feebly at the end of that mass, shaking off bits of earth and soil and roots into the bed. Somewhere in the back of my mind, I chastise myself for getting crumbs on the bed. Steph would be furious when she woke from rolling in dirt. It wheezes again, the sound from before, audibly wet, blood bubbling from where our entities were joined it's like i forgot that i could scream i don't know if it was from shock or the cold or the pain that now floods my senses but my mind rebels against what i'm seeing the horror of it the what the fuck of it the absurd notion that something from my own goddamn garden now feasted on me in one great rending motion the entire creature slips inside my hand. I scream. Teeth appear around the edge of the gaping wound it had made, a ring of tiny daggers on the back of my hand. Steph startles awake and also starts screaming, confusion painted on her face. My hand mouth grows wide and chomps down of its own accord onto her face. I try to pull back, but my hand is locked in. Steph's pulling at me, desperately flailing, scratching at my face, unable to see with one eye as half her face is engulfed within my hand flesh. The moor opens wider still and chomps again. Her entire torso now disappears into me. Steph's screams are faint now and they vibrate within me, creating an odd tickling sensation as my arm continues to chew her up. I'm pulling on my arm with my left hand, trying to yank it free. Violent sobs break free from my throat. A final wet slurp and Steph is gone completely. Get it off me! The room spins as I become lightheaded and still I try. My fingers find purchase in the flesh where my shoulder starts. I dig in, fingers sliding inside my arm, feeling tiny little legs kicking me, poking me. Root flesh spirals out from the hole I made, wrapping around my left hand. I find something hard, bone, and pull with all the strength I have left in me. With a sickening, juicy pop, my right arm jumps from my body, splatting against the ground by my bed. It starts making its way to the bathroom door, red lights beckoning it back home. I vomit. And the world turns black. Sunlight shines through the window when I come to. Birds chirp, good morning, just outside the window. I'm exhausted. Diluted dream images come crashing back into my mind as I try to sit up. My face is sticky with drool. My arms refuse to obey me must have slept on them again. I go to place my hand on Steph, neither of which are there. No arm, no Steph. What's there instead is a massive red stain that begins on the bed and snakes its way to the bathroom door and beyond. My stomach heaves again as the details from last night solidify. I don't know how I move, but I manage to flop onto the ground, Blood and dirt fleck the floor, and I follow it. A large pot sits on a pedestal with wheels by the window next to my shower. The blood trail leads right up to the side of it. My avocado plant lays crumpled on the bathroom floor. A strangled, inhuman moan sounds from my raw throat when I see it. My arm, pulsating, stands upright in the pot its fingers stretching skyward. Resplendent, it bathed in the red glow from the nursery lights, its mouth agape in a satiated grin.
1: I hope you enjoyed today's episode of The Other Stories. The Hand that Feeds was written by K.J. Shepard, narrated by Josh Curran, edited by Carl Hughes and music by Chris DeBrisky and Tom Robson The sound effects provided by freesound.org The episode illustration was provided by Luke Spooner of Carry On House A quick thanks to our community managers Joshua Boucher and Jasmine Arch and Carolyn O'Brien for helping with our submission reading and of course to Ben Errington for being our Morpheus for red-pilling us with his content pills and jacking us into the world of social media where the air we breathe is not real bullets can be dodged and we are all... The one. Cheers, Morpheus. I mean, Ben. For more of KJ Shepherd, head over to... Twitter.com forward slash... KyleDoesWords Josh Curran is a narrator and writer. He has narrated many episodes of... The Other Stories over the show's lifetime. And he's also the creator of the horror audio drama... Podcast, Miscreation. You can follow him on Twitter at... at @jcurran_writer. Once again, I'd love to invite you to our... Hawk and Cleaver Studio Sessions... When we first started Hawk and Cleaver, we called it a digital story studio, a place where people based all over the world could connect and create together in a digital space. Well, now we're opening up our studio for something we're calling studio sessions. Every Thursday, we're hosting Zoom writing sprints, and you don't have to write, by the way. You could draw, program, whatever it is that you want to do. If you'd like to do it in a collaborative space, this is the place to do it. And honestly, again, I don't know why it helps so much just seeing someone else getting their words done really inspires you to do the same. So if you want to join in, firstly, it's a patrons only, so become a patron over at patreon.com forward slash hawk and cleaver at the hawk level, and then jump into the Discord server for more information. Once again, become a patron, then join us in the Discord server, and you'll be able to jump onto one of the studio sessions. The Other Stories is a production of the story studio hawk and cleaver, and is brought to you with a Creative Commons Attribution Non-Commercial No Derivatives License. That means don't change it, don't sell it, but by all means share the hell out of it. Until next time.